So welcome everybody. This is one of the Deborah King Center's big teleconferences. Thank you so much um, for all of you for, for joining in. And um, as you're probably aware, I have been on the very important topic of sexual assault for a week now, a little over a week, because of the Bill Cosby story, which is talk about a, a, a gift falling out of heaven. This has been the best way ever to change change the world. Here's our chance to change public perception, but to do that, we have to all, uh, you know, jump on it and 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 use this moment. You know, this moment is 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 going to fade by Thanksgiving, by you know, day after mm -hmm. tomorrow. People are going to be thinking about turkeys and. Um, and, and Black Friday and shopping and family and a lot of other fun things and they're going to forget all about this. So uh, those of you who are my seventh level students, I know that you've all written a blog on this topic. Thank you so much for your thoughts. I, I wanted you to do that so that you'd be prepared to speak about it today. So you, you'd feel that you had thought it through. So let's start with Darby. Darby, tell us, tell us your thinking on this, on this um, you know, fr from any angle. Okay. Um, okay. I've d I did um, hear about it. Did a little bit of research on it. I, in thinking, in in looking at the subject, one of the things that really, really bothered me. Um, obviously, sexual assault is huge, and I think it's a horrible thing. But what bothers me is that um, really, it's about accountability. You know, and and I think everybody needs to be accountable for their actions. And one of the things that really um, bothers me about this whole subject is is obviously you know Bill Cosby is a huge celebrity and one of the things that we do is we put celebrities up on these pedestals and we make them as if they're um, you know we're, we're supposed to be bowing down to them and um, my brother-in-law wrote a fabulous blog about it and one of the things that he mentioned was he was you know he said um, now, now let me ask you what does your brother-in-law do um, he's a publicist uh-huh okay and he so was and interested he, enough in this to write a blog yeah, he actually worked with Bill for a while because um, wow. he, yeah, he his mm -hmm. um, publisher they he co-wrote a book with the publisher, so he toured with Bill a little bit for you know for a little bit. Fascinating. Of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's you know it's a really interesting perspective, um, what he put up there and and what, what was his perspective? Um, he said he talked about how, you know. He actually, he gave a little bit of um, a few stories about what had happened, some things that had happened, like when he was in the dressing room and how he met Bill and how he was in awe. And then um, when he met Bill, he was in. They were in the Oprah show, and so he was in the um, dressing room, and then Oprah came in, and and so Kurt was talking about how you know he he was like, oh my gosh, look at how much money is you know standing in front of me right here, and. Um, said it was there was great connections there between the two but then he also said he saw sides of bill where he um, was very demanding and you know kind of you know had that powerful feel about him and that's where I that you know that's really actually what what I was thinking about more is that with celebrities we've given them the power you know we've put them on the pedestal mm -hmm. and and you know it's it's us who's idolizing them and so Kurt had mentioned one of the things was, you know, in touring with Bill, it's like people never said no to him. So he got whatever he wanted whenever he wanted. So he didn't know the term no because we'd kind of taken that away. Right, you know, and so. think about how we how we, we saw all of that with Michael Jackson when he died, how no one said no to him for drugs. In fact, quite the opposite. They tried to buy and curry favor mm -hmm. with him by supplying him with drugs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that was that's kind of my take on it. Is that is that we've enabled them in a sense. I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we have done, and I think we need to take responsibility for that too. Um, I I really think everybody is a everybody is a soul. We're all great people. We all have um, fantastic characteristics about us. But I think you know it's the when the ego gets involved, then that's when the issues come in. And I think I personally feel you know I felt like I saw a lot of ego in in Bill Cosby, and I think that's. He used that to his advantage. I think if he, if the accusations are correct, obviously it's huge, and I think he needs to be accountable for it. Well, and and um, I'm sure most of you, uh, hopefully, you're on top of the story. Uh, there, there have been two videos that are so revealing. One is where um, the AP is interviewing he and his wife who sits there with this pasted on smile on her face the entire time, which I just find so difficult to do. To, uh, to, to watch 
she looks like a lovely gal, but it's it's very much a you know I'm sitting next to the uh, man and I'm going to endure this smile, uh, and and they're talking about some art um, um, donation, and all of a sudden this young feels like fairly inexperienced AP reporter leans forward and goes, now I want to ask you about this other thing, and he goes in the in the in the royal, we we don't answer questions on that topic. I hope everyone has mm -hmm. seen this video. So the mm -hmm. AP, you know, they sat on that thing for two weeks, and then when the story finally broke, they didn't want to be behind behind the curve. So all of a sudden, they reveal the rest of the footage where where the the reporter goes, well, uh, I don't know what to say. Um, I can't make deals that we won't, you know, show part of. What we, well, and Bill goes, well, I didn't say anything, and yeah, and he says to the reporter. And you'll be out of integrity if you reveal this. And I thought, no, no, you have it backwards, actually. <laughs> you'll be in integrity. Exactly. So uh, it's very interesting that the AP decided to uh, show that footage. So that was, an, that was a really important piece where we could see just the extent of this man's power. Uh, I mean, he, he barely had to mm -hmm. lift an eyebrow, and he had full control over this poor reporter who was shaking in his boots. There's that one, and then mm -hmm. of course there's the uh, earlier one where it's radio, and and the um, interviewer says, and and he's shaking his head no, and he shakes his mm -hmm. head again no when he asks him questions. So it was it was a good good a good chance for all of us to examine ourselves and how we get sucked in by this kind of power that Darby's talking about this is this is and how these 20 women we're now at 20 I believe today that have come forward how they how they got so damaged by this back in their late teens and early 20s most of them were around 16 to 21 you'll notice and um, how they blamed themselves of course and of course, it was totally a power thing. This is all about power. Rape is mm -hmm. all about power. Rape is really not about sex. So it's it's you know it it was him disempowering a whole series of people, probably a couple a week, if you want my guess. Probably for 30, 40, 50 years, he's been doing this several times a week. You know, he had that one gentleman who stepped forward. I, I imagine you've all seen this piece that came out on Sunday. A little old 90-year-old man said, I, I quit my job with Bill Cosby because it was too upsetting that my only function was to go around and pay these girls off. And he said, I was just given a whole ton of cash, and my job was to you know, pay them off every day. That's pretty upsetting. Mm -hmm. Ellen, what are your okay. thoughts on this? And you guys, feel free, this is a roundtable. Feel free to just uh, uh, jump in and speak your mind. And, and um, our listeners, our, our uh, listeners here, please ask us questions. The way to do that is to uh, drop your question in the chat window, and we will uh, come over and bring you live, and you can ask your question live of the panel. Go ahead, Ellen. Okay. Well, um, my thoughts on this. First of all, I, I uh, I've been generally I try not to. Um, read a lot of things like this because um, I try not to get drawn into negativity but um, in this case um, I really had a lot of respect for Bill Cosby at, um, before this happened I mean uh, before I found out about this happening um, and I was really disappointed because I feel that I like a lot of other people thought of him as as Dr. Huxtable in the um, Cosby show and that he was kind of a fatherly figure and I knew that he was a philanthropist and gave a lot of money uh, to universities for education for young people and so forth and um, so I had a lot of respect for him and uh, now that all these women have come forward the stories are all so much similar that he gave them drugs and alcohol and they a lot of them blacked out and uh, woke up or only remember parts of what happened and they knew that they were raped and some of them even at that time had talked to other people about it and and they were advised that nobody's going to believe you and then some of them were paid off um, very hard to distinguish the actor in playing the character right 
Exactly. We, we, we think that they are that person, and of course they aren't. They're playing a role. Right. Again, right. that's not their fault. We, we're imposing that on them. And that probably builds up their ego, too. Oh. Uh, you know, with all no, the adoring fans, yeah. Yeah, and they, I imagine they get to a point where they're a little bit split about who am I really? Mm-hmm. You know, am I this serial rapist, this this animal, this terrorist, or am I uh, Dr. Huxable? You know, the adorable sweater rumple Jello guy. And right. and I I actually think that Deborah is they use whichever one they need at the moment. Uh huh. Don't we all do that? Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Don't we all have multiple sides that we flash on and off? Some of the things I've read about him are have been so disgusting. Um, the was it the Today Show crew that, that the women said that that every woman on the set and all the assistants and everybody was required to come watch him eat. That that's one of the requirements that he would bring his. That they would serve lunch and if you worked there at NBC or whatever wherever it was, you were required, if you were a woman, to sit in silence and watch him eat. What, what does that say? I mean, we have created a monster. Yeah. Exactly. That, that we want to see been... our own role in this so that we can not do right. this again. And, um, you know, some of the women that have been interviewed that uh, were in, involved with him, um, you know, they say that they don't know why they did what they did, but I mean, a lot of in a lot of cases they were young and naive, and they just had stars in their eyes. And he he uh, sent uh, limousines to pick them up, and he took them out to dinner at fancy restaurants and all that. So I mean, no, I found young, I found their know. behavior 100% defensible. Exactly. I can't imagine being being a young gal like that and wanting to achieve in his industry and having this. This this major. Um, I'm gonna figure out how to turn my new phone off. <laughs> my brand new phone that I waited six weeks for. I'm so excited to have it. <laughs> it's like my my favorite possession. But I don't know all. I don't know. I haven't got ironed out all the kinks yet. Where were we? Oh, imagine what it would be like to be 19 years old to to want to achieve as an actress or a comedy writer or something like that. And, or but this girl was a waitress. How about the one that was a waitress mm -hmm. and working in a restaurant that he, he owned? And he actually at one point comes to her and he goes, let me give you a ride home. She wasn't feeling well. Let me give you a ride home. And she gets in the limousine and instead the car goes to the beach and she wonders what's going on. But she's 19. Would you argue mm -hmm. with that? I wouldn't. You know, I'm even, even forgetting that it's 1969, you still wouldn't argue even in 1999. <laughs> you wouldn't. Right. And he whips out this suitcase, she said, of multicolored pills. And she just doesn't know what to do. She's so startled. And she, she's the one who gets out of the car and runs down the beach. She still remembers. She said, I was wearing a, a granny dress that went to the, to, the, to the ground, and I tripped on my skirt, and I fell. I mean, she's so traumatized. Forty years later, she's so traumatized. She's sobbing. Mm -hmm. This is pretty sad stuff. I, my heart really goes out to these women. I could really feel their embarrassment, their shame. Having been through this myself, I could really relate. And I thought, what what a moment. This is a moment for the whole, not just not just the country, but the whole world to get their mm. head around sexual assault. We've got to get um, awareness. We've got to get awareness on this. This is such an important topic. Women and girls are not safe. Men also to an extent, but so much less so. And so there's nothing wrong with us focusing just on women and girls uh, here. This is because this is who this happened to. Uh, and they're they're simply not safe. And so here, the only reason that, that the whole world's focused on this for a moment is because of his star stature, and because mm -hmm. it's such a grimy story, you know. And we love grime. What do you think, Kathy? Um, well, I was gonna um, say the same thing when I talk to people about it. The first thing that people will say when we bring up the subject of Bill Cosby is, "Well, why didn't these girls go to the police sooner?" And, and so ignorant, right? And, yeah, I mean, pardon me. Yeah, and, <laughs> and of course so, you can't say that. You have to reassure them that they're good reasons. Right, and, and I know from personal experience that um, the farthest thing from your mind. 
Right. It's like you don't want to tell anybody what happened, and um, yeah, you just want to hide it. And yeah, and then chances are someday when you do tell somebody, they'll tell you you're crazy or you're a liar or you're no good or yeah. yeah. You know, and at the time, you know, you you could lose your job, you lose your reputation, right. and when it, especially when it's somebody that powerful and yeah. stuff, you know, it's like. You, you, you know, one of the saddest that. stories on, on his the list, I think she was woman number 15. Her, her name is Joan Targis. She was a young comedy writer. She'd written for another edgy young black comedian when Bill reached out to her through his handlers and had her flown to wherever he was. She was so excited to go to his bungalow. And he... She's only there, you know, 20 minutes, and, he, and she's got, you know, the spike drink and the drugs. Um, she has never written a word of comedy since, 40 years later. That was the end of her comedy career. She said, I wrote other stuff, but I couldn't write comedy ever again. I mean, that just effectively totally disempowered her. Right. Her whole career, very sad. So I feel for these women that are, are speaking up now, you know, it's like never too late to take your power back. Right. So, right. Good point. I think I think something else that tends to happen is is that um, a lot of times when somebody comes forth with something, you know, I had I had nothing like that, but I had um, a relative like hit on me, and when I said something, you know, my everybody was kind of going, well, you know, you were probably flirting with them, you it's know. Your so fault. It, yeah, it's my fault. So you so probably had him on. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. You're, you know, you're, you're beautiful. You're, you know, and I'm friendly to everybody all the time. So it, it you know, I, I, it's not, I wasn't flirting with them. I'm just, uh, you know, was right, being myself. And I, so I think that that tends. That is, that is our cultural mindset. I mean, I was raped at six, and I remember being told as an adult, well, you were just too seductive as a child. <laughs> six. Give me a break. Six. One of the things I read, um, the term used was um, uh, rape culture, uh, where pe where they blame the victim. Uh -huh. and, um, yeah, and there's a and whole. And that's what we can that. achieve by focusing on this topic today. That's why I had you all write about it. Why we're all talking about it. You want to you want to be sharing on this. Those of you who are who are um, watching today, please be sure to go to one of my blogs, either on the Huffington Post or Psychology Today, and throw your comment on there so that your your vote counts, so that you're helping change public perception. Just click just go to our website and just click right through on either one of them, or go to my Facebook page and click through, so that publicly people see that you what you think. You know, go ahead, join the dialogue. So speaking of which. Um, for reasons I can't quite figure out, my piece that I posted on the Huffington Post on Friday morning really took off. And instead of people posting there, uh, they came to my Facebook page. And it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen because I've never seen the raw public march through my Facebook page. I've never participated in that kind of a dialogue before. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty raw and unfiltered. And um, you know, I'm, I'm used to our kind of <laughs> very <laughs> dignified, gentle, higher consciousness sort of Facebook stuff, and this was a whole different, whole different ball game. And I, I let it roll, and I got in there, and I'd answer. I mean, I mean, I, even if I stayed right on top of it, 20 comments would zip by me before I could catch one. <laughs> a lot of, uh, a lot of um, expletives. I just let it all go, uh, no problem, and. Uh, uh, I would I would respond to the ones that were shockingly ignorant. I would try real hard not to sound bitchy, and to to educate, you know. And it was difficult. It was very difficult. But I, I know that um, some I'm trying to remember the numbers now. Some um, somebody can correct me, Dina. How many people did see that page? Or or um, Someone can drop me a number over here in my window. It was pre it was pretty amazing. We are becoming the change we want to see. Honestly, we are. It may seem like little bits at a time. Ardell, what's your thinking on this? Well, you mentioned about am I live? Yes. Yes, you yes. are. We can mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, You mentioned about uh, girls and women not being safe and this culture of rape. The other factor that comes into this is that somehow early on he 
expanded its predatory behavior. And predators know very well how to recognize who is a good victim. Yeah. And the better we understand what those factors are, the better we can equip young women and, and children, um, give them the tools to how they approach the world and make themselves less vulnerable. Um, I really wish there was a whole education piece. I think that was bottom line was what I was trying to say in my blog. I wish there was an education piece here for the public as well as all of the professionals that will become involved in this case probably at some point. We don't know enough to recognize the facade versus what becomes more and more generally known is happening. Uh, the people, the uh, young women who are being impacted. So I'm, I'm hoping the rape assault um, centers are being flooded with calls and being given a chance to help equip people to, to address the issues that have come up for them. Yeah, good point, good point. This is really, really raising attention. Go ahead, Darby. No, so this is also. I was thinking about the the football, um, where something <laughs> happened in the in the in the locker room, um, and so you brought up a really good point, Ardell. What I'm what is coming to mind is how many people were aware of this going on and didn't do anything and didn't say anything. You yeah. know, that's another thing that I think we really need to um, get out there. Is it's your you know, you need to speak up if you see something or are concerned with something. You know, it, it's mm -hmm. we need Witnesses. to do our part. As neighbors and relatives and teachers, whatever your role is in life, yeah, if you suspect something. We're so there reluctant to. You know, one of the best articles I've read was uh, um, a journalist wrote on Sunday, what's today, Tuesday, just a couple days ago, a journalist wrote probably for the Washington Post a, a, an amazing piece on this topic where he, he first of all says, I have this information and I didn't move on it. Like everybody else that knew about mm -hmm. this, he said, I wrote a piece about, about Bill Cosby, and I didn't even ask him questions about this, although I'd heard about it. So he said, shame on me. And then he said, as long as I'm shaming myself, let me talk to you about four other journalists that have written important pieces about Bill Cosby and have completely skipped this. Although He said, how about the guy that just, uh, just finished his book that's being published, I mm -hmm. guess, in a month or two? How could he? How could he claim that he had written a fair memoir and had investigated all the facts and skipped over this? Clearly, you know, he got bought off. He got squelched. So, if you get the chance, read this piece. I, I think it's in the Washington Post, but it could be. It's in some. It's either that or the New York Times. Very well written piece. Linda, what are your thoughts here? I see you up up top. Hi. Hi. Um. I, every time I hear this, it just takes me right back to, to my own um, sur uh, survivor um, mode and, and how these women um, aren't heard and how we need to be able to change the way that people are um, asked questions when they come forward you know people need to start believing these women instead of you know all the all the negativity that they put on them like i don't know that's the silver lining in this deal you see is people will never look at this again the same way because they'll think well remember the bill cosby thing remember we didn't believe the first five women we didn't believe the first ten women but wow when we, it was a, the turning point was around woman number 15 or 16. I noticed that all of a sudden, the comments on my Facebook page were starting to tilt from 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 70%. Oh, they're all liars and and um, and thieves. All of a sudden, it started to shift to more than half thinking that maybe they were legit. Maybe they were telling the truth. Maybe there wasn't anything in it for them except except finding themselves again, um, finding their truth. So yeah, the, think of the silver lining in this story. And each one of these women has brought us an amazing gift by being willing to stand up. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, because uh, you know, um, all of us are, are over 30. We all remember days where you wouldn't dream of. Uh, this, this is way before rape kits and 
Um, you know, you just simply, you wouldn't dream of saying a word. You'd lose your job. You'd lose your family. Um, I know, I know uh, Marshall has something to add. Marshall, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I commend all these women for, for coming forward and taking the step, probably the biggest step of their life to, you know, to start healing themselves. Um, I've always thought, you know, Bill Cosby was a little arrogant um, when he came across just in any interview. And I, I saw the AP interview that you were talking about, and it, to me it just kind of sealed the whole deal that, that he didn't admit that he was guilty, but the way he was talking to this, you know, to the reporter was just so downgrading to him. And, um, it was disgusting. It was really wasn't sad. It? Yeah, it was. You know, I eventually turned it off because it's like I can't watch any more of this. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of like um, I think it was Ellen that said she doesn't watch the negativity. I watch some news, but I don't watch a lot of it because I just get tired of hearing the same thing over and over again. Um, but I, you know, it's it's kind of the same way. I think we're still in a society that kind of brushes rape under the table because um, you hear a little bit every once in a while in the news. I picked it up the last couple of weeks on this uh, on the frat house rapes that you know some of the frat houses have been uh, suspended at University of Carolina. Yes. Wow, and, isn't that a story and a half? And it's like, and even people high up, you know, in their in their organization are like. Uh, like the president. Yeah, we've we've first, known about it, but by the way, and who looked totally. Uh, um, my perception of her was that boy, she had super dropped the ball. Yeah, and it's really shocking what's going on on college campuses, especially that one, because they brought this to her attention years ago, and she's done zip. So women. Don't protect women. This is something I've been well aware of since I was a young woman and saw myself doing it. Yeah, I, mean, I remember being a young lawyer and wanting to side with the men because, hey, that's how I was going to be safe. No woman was going to help keep me safe. These guys could. Um, another thing, I was just going to say that um, the, the lady's probably protecting her job, too. You know, it's, it's the reputation of the school. So probably, you know, probably protecting the, you know, some, some, uh, some big uh, donation. Yeah, it has a lot to do with money. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just to go back to a comment Marshall just made, I think reflecting back to something Ellen, what was it that Ellen said, Marshall? I wanted to comment on that. The news, negativity. Um, oh. About the negativity of the news. Yeah, well, I went through a big period where I lived under a rock in a cave and did nothing but meditate and sit in oak trees and whatnot. And then I was working, then I signed on with a new, a new seer, a new shaman. And this guy made me stop everything I was doing at lunchtime every day. And this was so long ago, there, there was no internet. I had to read the newspaper. And then I had to tell him what I thought about the key news items of the day. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm busy being pure and floating. He's like, no, no, you're not going to change the world doing that. You need to focus on the news every day, and you need yeah. to take a position and help make change. So I would encourage you to do the same. I'm, I'm usually well aware of what's going on. Um, like, I am, I am um, very disturbed, of course, I'm sure you are too. Uh, about what's going on in Ferguson. But before we go to Ferguson, which mm -hmm. I do want to discuss, I want to ask everybody on the panel, and anyone, by the way, can raise their hand and join us here in this conversation. Feel free. Um, uh, just just put your hand in the air. Um, what, uh, what do you guys think of uh, Bill's wife? Well, my, my opinion of his wife is that uh, she's just, she hasn't... Um, raised her voice at all. I, I know that she was aware of a lot of things going on and at one time they separated and she moved back to the East Coast and he was uh, in Hollywood basically and um, she said she couldn't take the Hollywood culture anymore. And I remember when that was on the news years ago um, but now I really understand what's going on. I mean she she's just been quiet and she hasn't spoken out much 
Um, I don't know what she's thinking, but uh, she she just um, she's like a wallflower to me. Barbie, what do you think of her? Yeah, well, I was the thing. I think it keeps coming back to people think about what am I going to lose? It's not, you know, I think we're getting away from, from our internal and our soul and, and what's, what's right for people and what's right from the heart. And I think we're, it's like, well, geez, what's going to happen if, you know, if I say something against him, you know, she also obviously saw the power he had um, and probably was intimidated a bit by that. So I, you know, I think it, I think, you know, it's, it's sad. It's really sad that, that, we aren't standing up for what's right anymore. I mean, what happened to the what happened to our morals? What happened to the values? Well, I remember reading that they were very young when um, she was very young when they got married, and I don't think she she may not have had an education. I don't know much about what happened after they got married, but she had to have her parents sign for permission for her to get married to him, and the parents were against it in the beginning. So she might feel like she has nothing. She's that she's nothing without him. I don't know. I don't know. I, think I would say that. Go ahead. I think that you know she's a victim in this too. She's not obviously, you know. Yeah. In theory, she could be a rape victim that we just don't know about. You know, you know, there's rape inside of marriages too. So it's um, it's very possible she could be a, a victim. A rape victim, but irregardless, she's a victim in, in the whole thing. The wife, you think, could be a rape victim? I, I think it's very possible. You know, um, I seriously doubt that. I mean, that. we just assume we assume that you know it's consensual if they have sex, but you know, it's not always. Yeah, but if you've read, uh, and and you might not have devoted your week to it like I have. Well, no, I have. I, I have I've, been doing, I've been doing a lot of national uh, news, and so I have to make sure I know the facts. Um, got an, I've got a, um, um, a really good interview scheduled for tomorrow. Um, my my perception of her is that she's known all the way along. <laughs> that she's known since perhaps the fifth year of their marriage. That's why they separated. On Oprah, she referred to his behavior as selfish. She said, we had to address the selfish behavior. She didn't say hers, so clearly she's talking mm -hmm. about his. Um, the, I, I don't think she's willing to give up the money and the prestige and the five kids. And what would it do to the family and all that stuff? I, th I, think, she's, uh, I think she's sold out. I really do. What's mm -hmm. your perception, Kathy? Yeah, I feel like she's, you know, like, stand by your man, and, you know, she's married yeah. to him, and um, marriage is, like, once she got married, she was married for the rest of her life. I think she's also disempowered him, and I think that's part of what he's re-empowering himself through these rapes. Yeah. He makes a lot of references to how she runs the show, and she's the boss, and she calls, I mean, it's part of his comedy routine. Yeah. And she's bright, she's articulate. She's not some, you know, dummy, and I and I think that uh, that she absolutely knows what's going on. How could how could you not know this is going on? You understand that complaints have been registered against him dozens of times, dozens. So clearly, his legal team has known this all the way along, and so so did Bill and his wife. You can't hide this stuff, not not from the family. They have to make decisions, and they have to pay people off. Um, Candace, I see Candace has a question. Uh, Dina, bring Candace live. Candace, you may have to unmute yourself. Can we hear you, Candace? Try again. Okay, there. I think I'm on. Can you hear you me? You are. Hi. Yes. Hi. Thank you for taking my question. Sure. Um, has anyone noticed that the young girls that were on the Cosby show struggled a lot throughout their teen years? Lisa Bonet in particular, she disappeared just out of Hollywood after going through severe addiction issues and um, just codependency issues. Same thing with Keisha Knight Pulliam. She went through a lot um, media-wise where she also disappeared for a while after going through certain addictions and 
certain personal issues. Um, I just feel like a lot of us who have been abused and understand what this looks like to someone that we have trusted and respect in our lives, we can see through someone who's gotten away with too much. And I feel like when they came back into the spotlight, the first thing they did was thank Bill Cosby for bringing them back to basically center, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. And now that all of this has come to light, I'm wondering how much of a role he actually played in their own addiction issues and their own personal, emotional issues that they've had endured publicly. Yeah, I don't think we have the answer to that. That's a very good question you're raising. And you have more familiarity with the the, uh, st- the um, cast than I do. Correct. I watched the show probably like most, most of the fans. I watched it literally until they stopped airing it. Uh-huh. And I watched reruns over and over again, and I followed a lot of the young ladies because, again, who doesn't want to be Bill, Bill Huxtable, you know, or his family? Bill's family. Yeah, I mean, yeah that it was, was, it was the, the ideal family. Correct. Uh-huh. And all of us looked up to it. And I, I have to say that as a child myself who was abused sexually, and my perpetrator still continues to pretend he didn't do anything. This is a problem. It's a huge problem. It's to the point to where everyone thinks he's Mother Teresa right now. And no one has ever wanted to believe me. So that's why I've kept quiet. And I've kept it quiet for a while, but only up until recently I decided I'm going to basically call him out. Uh Well, good for you. I remember doing that. I waited until mine was dead. (laughs) I did, actually. (laughs) Uh, And then my mother came after me. Right, and I can understand that. My mother did the same to me, and um, when I called, I did confront my perpetrator. He pretended not to know, and when he pretended not to remember and do it, then I knew right then and there I was dealing with something a lot bigger than myself as far as... It feels like in your situation there's some other family members that he was abusing. That I do not know. No one will talk about it. I do believe that. My husband is the one that has given me the strength to only recently talk about it to where I can stand my ground and not back down. And, well, good for you. Good for you. Thank you so much for speaking up. Thank you. Yeah, and the more you speak up, by the way, the more you free yourself from it. It's the most amazing thing. Thank huh. you very much. Hey, so, can I talk to Lori Connolly for a minute? Lori, could you unmute yourself? I want to ask you about what what the experience in the UK is. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hi, welcome. Hello. Um, sorry if I'm a bit croaky, got a sore throat. Uh, yeah, there's been um, Jimmy Savile. There's been a very similar case in the UK that unravelled the last couple of, a couple of years with Jimmy Savile. Is he a politician or an um, actor? Uh, a television personality. I don't really know much about him. Uh huh. Okay. From my and um, he was abusing young uh, women and children from the age of five to seventy-five across a series of hospitals and children's centres that he was invited into to you know, to, publish, to raise money for. But I, th- I think this is not just uh, in America, it's across the world. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I, I think it's it's so refreshing to see people standing up and taking back their power. Uh-huh. Great. You know, I have an interview tomorrow on the BBC at um, 8 a.m. Uh, Pacific. Okay, I'll, uh, you know, um, and so that's why I had a, a I had a, a secret agenda here asking you about what happened in the UK because of course I'm not familiar with uh, the UK's uh, history. I'll, I'm 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 aware that they don't have a statute of limitations like we do that limits people from bringing their claim up. <clears throat> serious problem here in the U.S. Serious problem. Yeah, uh, I think uh, since Jimmy Savile, there's been a whole. Uh, there's been so many people that have come forward about so many uh-huh. big things. I mean, Rolf Harris was another one who has just been uh-huh. jailed for sexual assault. So, Sorry, how do you spell Jimmy's last name? Oh God, um, I think it's S A S A V L E. L E. All right, I'll take a look, just so I'm knowledgeable. Thank you so much for your point of view. We appreciate your speaking up. 
Thank you. Yeah, and we have a question from Amanda Harris. Uh, maybe Dina could uh, make sure Amanda can be unmuted. What will we do without Dina? Just so many people. It's it's uh, it's a very very large audience today, and it's hard for me to scroll through them all and find them. So I'll let her do it. Amanda, can we hear you? I know you have a good question. Hi, tell us your question. Oh. We just lost you, Amanda. We had you, and then it's we're getting some white noise. You there? I think she's having uh, bandwidth issues, it sounds like, unless I am. Hello. There you are, there. Amanda. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, go ahead. My question was, how do we um, educate and equip young girls? Well, let's have our Dell take a crack at that question. That's a good one. Um, in my early days as a school counselor, um, it was just at the very beginning stages of public awareness around uh, child sexual abuse. A lot of training was going on and a lot of research. And the research indicates that predators can walk down a street and select their targets without knowing them at all. Mm -hmm. There are things about the way they carry themselves, eye contact, interconnection with others. There's just an amazing array of behaviors and attitudes that help predators select their targets. Ardell, do you know where those uh, behaviors come from? Did they discuss that? Um, Fundamentally, it's non-assertive women. No, I know, but, there, but there's a there's a background there. Do you, can you surmise what it is? Um, I'm not quite sure what you're you're asking, but well, there's to a, me, there's a huge likelihood that they've already been abused. Um, and, but whether they have or not, they've been raised in a culture where they're not valued. Could be within the family. Could be socially. It's hard to say. But those behaviors, once people involved in the lives of those young women or children, uh, once that awareness is there, can be coached. And part of taking back power is knowing how to handle yourself, mm -hmm. knowing what your resources are, face, helping teach them how to face their fears. Um, if they are approached by someone powerful, or uh, the celebrity factor, whatever, how do they maintain their own integrity, their own selfhood? Mm -hmm. And those are behaviors that can be taught. You know, one of the things that um, I, I was really puzzled about was by the time I was 15, I'd already been uh, assaulted by three different men. <laughs> and I, I didn't realize I was wearing a sign on my forehead that said, yeah. assault me. <laughs> so this is what Ardell's talking about. I didn't learn this till I was in my 20s. And I learned how to give off another vibration and undo that behavior. The sad thing is that quite often uh, where children are concerned, they have mothers who have experienced that. And so they are simply modeling what they see in their, in their mothers. Exactly. exactly. Linda's so it's very, much a, yeah. it's very much a cultural thing that needs to be nourished and addressed. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Linda, you got a comment here? Oh, I'm just full of emotions. I, I don't know if I can comment. Um, I know, I I know that um, for me, what happened with me was that um, after I was abused, um, I just shut down and I didn't protect myself. So that when I I would go places where. I wasn't safe and then when certain thing would get to a certain point I would go out of my body and then my body wouldn't be able to protect itself. So what would you tell these young girls? Oh man, um, to hold your head up and and you know learn no and scream loud. 
Uh-huh. That sounds like good advice. Darby, what are your thoughts? Yeah, oh, I think that's, I think it's wonderful, and I think they do need to be taught how to handle the situation if it occurs then and there, um, but I also think another key point is having a, a support group or somebody you can talk to. Yes. yes. That's, that's yes. a huge part. There's a lot of people don't know who to turn to, and I think Ardell, as a, as a school counselor, did, did students <clears throat> used to uh, confide in you? Well, one of the things that is overwhelming to children, and I'm talking about sort of the school age to young adolescents, mid-adolescents, is that um, they will surface out of silence. They learn to shut down very early on in most cases, but they come to our attention because of their behaviors, yeah. high-risk yeah. behaviors. Yeah. And Drugs and alcohol. As Cutting themselves. Oh, yes. You yes. Cutting, Cutting. suicide. Yeah. Um, hey, let me ask Ardell. Oh, go ahead, Ardell. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I was just going to say that um, if you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, you look beyond the behavior, you become suspicious, <laughs> you give them opportunities. I found with young children, it was the arts that gave them opportunity to express themselves and um, I had the privilege of, of working in situations where there had not been a lot of service before and cases were just popping up left right and center wow. uh, because finally they had someone with the ears to hear and the eyes to see yeah. and I think as our communities and again going back to Darby's comment the support systems out there need to make themselves known to families, uh, to schools, <clears throat> wherever these young people are, but in the adult community as well. It takes courage to be a spokesperson though. It does. Because you will attract the ire of the non-believers. <laughs> yeah. um, we are challenging a male culture. Yeah, come over to my mm -hmm. Facebook page and, and, and you'll see smoke, <laughs> smoke coming off the thing from a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, when but, I went into private practice, healing private practice, I was a young woman. And after about a year, I remember calling a friend who was a psychologist. And I said, about 80, 90% of my practice are people, women, who've been sexually abused. Am I attracting this, or is this, do you think, the national average, and it just isn't advertised? And she said, both. Both. She said, it, it's, it's not talked about, it's not documented, it's not statistically been, you know, proven, but he, you know, she said, forget the statistics you read, and just see what comes through your office, and you'll see that it's a good 80%. It is. It was eight out of every ten women. Shocking when you think about it. It's really shocking. I should add that the figures for men, for boys, are almost, not quite, but almost equal. They are the forgotten victims. They are. Mm -hmm. And perhaps some other day we'll, we'll, uh, we'll address their interests. Uh, because, yeah, and, and, uh, and we don't want to make them feel like they're not, they're not mattering. It's just, this is a, this is, the Bill Cosby story is about young women. Right. Originally, just, it was just young white women, and now all of a sudden, as of day before yesterday, there's one African-American gal. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say that after listening to what Ardell said, um, I really think it's important that in the schools, and I'm hoping that after this, maybe they will address some of this with uh, young children. I have three young granddaughters in it. Uh, it really makes me think about, um, you know, they're so innocent and then that's where the problem comes in because they, they trust everybody and then... Um, and Ellen, then I have a question for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and for those of you who don't know Ellen, and by the way, these are all our, um, our seventh level um, masters in training folks that have a lot of wisdom to offer. That's why they're on this panel and you can, you um, that are uh, lower in the program, younger in the program can look forward to this, uh, to this opportunity. So Ellen, Ellen has been a psych nurse all her life. My experience with people with psychiatric disorders is that there's a strong chance of abuse somewhere in their history. Has that been your observation, Ellen, or is it not possible to tell? 
it, it, it well, actually, I, I knew a lot about most of the um, patients I worked with. Um, I did work with a lot of people that were sexual predators, and they were um, put in the psych hospital by the courts uh, because of what they had done, and they spent years there uh, trying to be rehabilitated. And some of them, you know, some of them, you know, it's hard to tell when they get out. A lot of them re-abuse, um, but um, you know, mm -hmm. they they go through treatment. But I don't know that the treatment is effective. I'm not sure that rehabilitation is possible. I, mm -hmm. I'm so sorry to say this, but that has been yeah. my own observation. Is I'm not so sure it works. There are statistics that support that. It's extremely strong addiction. You know, it's right up there with the, with the oxycotton. I mean, it's it's a real tough one. Mm -hmm. uh, we have another question here from um, from Della. Hey, Della. Della wants to offer us a Canadian perspective. Della, we'd love to hear from you, and um, and uh, Dina will unmute you so you can be heard. Can we hear you, Della? Hello there. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, and we'd love to hear what you, know, what you report in from Canada. Yes, well, I'm not sure if you've heard of the story of Gian Gomeshi, who was um, on CBC Radio and was one of the most popular presenters in Canada. And what they discovered was that there was a whole kind of conspiracy going on internally at the CBC to suppress the stories of the abuse that were happening. And since the first one broke, something like 16 to 20 women have come forward talking about how they were sexually abused, um, battered, um, and assaulted by him. And it's, it's wow. shocking our country the way the Bill Cosby story is shocking yours. Well, I hesitate to say wonderful, but at least this is a worldwide phenomena. I mean, and, and if you just go to the, go to the Far East. Look what's going on in India right now with women who are finally it's being recognized that they're, um, d despite what we think of as an enlightened uh, Hindu culture or mm -hmm. uh, a Buddhist culture or Muslim culture, India has you know all those religions. In fact, women have zero rights there. It's shocking. So, yeah, it's, it is. We have to stand up for the girls and the boys. That's right. Thank you so much for speaking. Thank you. Up, yeah, and I know uh, Jose has uh, 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 her hand in the air. Jose, can we hear what you're having to say? And our friend Jose also. Okay. Can, can you can you hear me? We can. Hi, Jose. Okay. Hi. Another seventh uh -huh. level uh, student. Yeah, um, I, I I just walked in a while ago. Um, I had a, a, a different a different question actually, uh, and that is about the men who are actually doing uh, misusing their power. Um, I had a whole discussion about it today. Like, all there were so many who are in power that are you almost think it's a primordial behavior that they have. And when we talk about educating the female side or the you know. Is there a possibility to educate people that are um, ready to take on a powerful position to the risk of this kind of behavior? Well, and the, the thought behind it is also that we all have parts in us that that we we could be in a situation like that, and and we all have the yin and the yang and the dark and the light, right? So how can we? Yeah, uh, let, let me say, let's distinguish behavior like, for example, President Kennedy, who was who yeah. was a known womanizer and very promiscuous. He wasn't raping people though, or drugging them. I mean, I think there's quite a quite a very okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But do you do you do you see my question? Like, would that be? Is that a cultural thing too? We don't talk about it. If this is more open, would it be a more of an awareness? Let's have somebody up here on the panel answer that question. Maybe Marshall, who's here, but we can't see him. Which tells us, by the way, don't try not to come in to be uh, on the panel, uh, gang, if you're coming from an iPad. It looks like we can't merge you on. Ah, so that's that's the problem then. That's Dina thinks that's the issue. The old infamous iPad problem. <laughs> yes, gotta love them. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think that 
as a culture, we've, we try to hide anything that's not, we try to hide anything that's bad. We don't want to talk about it. So it's, as a culture, we have to, as people, we have to change that we're open to talking about, um, you know, anything that goes on. I mean, it's, I think a perfect example is, you know, I know it's not part of this conversation, but if you talk about gay bashing, you know, a lot of people will say that doesn't exist and, and it, and it does. So I think that, you know, we just, we have to open our eyes and realize that there's stuff out there that, you know, we shouldn't be hiding from that. We need to acknowledge it and do something about it. Well, yeah, you're on my point about being aware of what's going on in the world and in the news. But, you know, with, 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 with Google News, it takes literally, what, five minutes every morning, two minutes every morning to just be aware of what's happening. I agree, Marshall, that yeah. and we can't put our heads I, I go to Google News every once in a while, and you just have to be, I'm one of those people that believe about maybe a third of what I read on the Internet. So it's... Um, because I did see something recently, and I, I got some feed on it. I'm not sure where it came from. That, you know, Kirk Cameron came out and said that he was abused by, uh, by Bill Cosby. And it's like, yeah, I'm not even sure this is real, but. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. You have to, I seen that. You have mm -hmm. to be cautious on that. I, okay. I think it was on. It was on a 21st century page. I think it, it popped uh -huh. up there. Somebody, you know, reposted something and. It's, but I'm surprised there haven't been, you know, I, I was kind of surprised there haven't been any males that came out in this whole thing because well, somebody I guess, that's that I guess powerful. Uh, yeah, but I guess his pension is for young, uh, young, pretty women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that most of these gals are in their 50s and 60s, by the way. I'm really liking that. Go women. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's amazing that they're willing to, to, to stand. Imagine the risk to them right now. Now you know they're they're being called all kinds of horrific names, and mm -hmm. their families are like, "Oh God, you know, uh, not not again, or not her, or how embarrassing for us." But so, is yeah. it not is it not so that when we turn fifty, that's when we want to clear our slate and become more spirituality and get rid of the garbage that's in our bodies and whatnot and heal? Mm -hmm. And the only way they're going to heal is to talk about it. Right. That's I right. I really believe that. That's right. You know, very you, gotta, you gotta talk about it. You gotta, you, yeah. as bad as it is, as hard as it is, you gotta mm -hmm. find a group or whatever that'll listen to you, and you've gotta talk it out and leave the drugs and alcohol alone. Because you want right. to put the alcohol uh -huh. and the drugs, you know, you're gonna die. And no, you'll have a powerful story there. And never, right. ever hold your head up again. All right, gang, we're out of time. Uh, I think we've also talked about Ferguson, Ferguson but we aren't going to get there uh, today. Just to, Sorry, just to, guys. Uh, Got me going. I, I hope you're all going to join me at my event in two weeks. Um, if you haven't signed up for it yet, you better come jump over it. The in-person sold out a couple weeks ago. This is my event in December, I want to say 6, 7, 8. Maybe Dina can correct me here. Um, at the Hilton in Los Angeles. Come by live stream. It's, it's a virtual bargain beyond all bargains. I hope everybody on this call is going to want to join me there. Um, she says it's 5 through 7. Okay, thank you. December 5 through 7, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, you know, if you can't um, watch it live, not a problem. You'll get a download. So do sign up for the live stream, you guys, before we run out of bandwidth. Uh, and we will. The Hilton is very parsimonious with their bandwidth. So we already, as I said, we sold out the in-person two weeks ago. Don't wait on, on getting the live stream. That's number one. And then number two, we still have a couple spots in our um, event at, um, at the retreat center in Malibu the first weekend in January, which is going to be a very different kind of a thing. It's a retreat, not a workshop. We're going to go deep, deep, deep. We're going to retreat. It hangs right over the ocean. I, I'd be almost willing to guarantee good weather because I've never seen bad weather in January in Malibu, but I hate to make guarantees. Um, but honestly, I haven't. I used to. I used to live there. Yeah, I used to live there. I know my seventh level students, or most of you, are joining me in Hawaii for a retreat in February. It's going to be an amazing, amazing. I, I was so surprised yeah. how many people have signed up. Oh my God, Hawaii is popular. <laughs> 
So that's by invitation only for those of you who are levels one through six and are wishing you could come. It's for seventh level only, and uh, um, it's, it's actually built into the program, so we're going to have an amazing time, I know. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for all your contributions on this such an important topic. Let's be the change we want to see. And happy Thanksgiving Amen. to everyone.